Hey, uh, we uh, we've started into this series that uh, we uh, we've been talking about. We talked about gospel and family, and now we're talking about mission. I've kind of started that uh, last week via the basement, via satellite. Uh, and uh, we uh, uh, are continuing to talk about mission for many weeks to come. Uh, one of the one of the things that um, is has been important to us since the very beginning, when we started the church, uh, we said we feel led to be missionaries to right here, to the people that God has put around us and in our lives, and the people that we work with and play with, and all those things. And, uh, and, and, and that, that's still, that's still a huge part of the mission. And so, um, you know, to, to have the thought that we are, we are all called as ministers of the gospel, everybody who, who knows Jesus as their savior is a called minister of the gospel, that we're all called to be missionaries to where we are. And I got to tell you, uh, some of my friends, one of my friends, he and his wife, uh, live that out in such an amazing way that, I mean, it was like a no-brainer when we talked about, uh, we'd already talked about bringing in some folks that, uh, that we as a church help support in the ministry that they do. Uh, and it was a no-brainer when we talked about that we wanted a day kind of committed in that direction uh, to talk about that we, were, we would ask Gary Morgan uh, to come and share. And so he and his wife, Johnny, are here today. Uh, and uh, I wanted you to uh, welcome Mr. Gary Morgan. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Ah, uh, yes. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. It's been good being with you guys over the last few years, here, there, everywhere. My wife, Johnny, who's here with me, just pop a hand up over there, sweetheart. Okay, there you go. Left hand up. Excellent. Um, we live in downtown Nashville. We've lived downtown for about four and a half years, lived in Nashville proper for about 20 years. So, curious. When I say downtown Nashville, what do you think about? All right, don't, don't have a conniption, okay? All right. So a few weeks ago, I asked somebody, what do you think about when I say downtown Nashville? She was sitting on this side, not in this room. She went just like this. And I said, oh, my. I mean, not only what do you think about downtown Nashville, but how do you see Nashville? Some people see it as um, Nash Vegas, Okay. That's normally where people go when they think of downtown Nashville. They think of it like that. Some people would even say one of the nicknames of Nashville is the Athens of the South because there's so many universities in Nashville and the surrounding area. There's another one um, that's unique that we all lean into. We would say Music City, USA. A lot of my friends outside of Nashville would say country music. And so we do think country, but there's an array of music. It's interesting when we think about not only Music City, but how we see Nashville. So I thought I'd combine the two this morning. I'd love you to go on a journey. Some of you go back classic. Some of you come forward to music in our area and get a glimpse of some musicians and lyricists that talk about how we see life. So if you guys in the back could help me out, give me one of those tunes right there. We'll roll it for a minute. Well, it's interesting for those three artists how they speak about seeing things clearly. How do you see Nashville? How do you see downtown Nashville? See, it's about four and a half years ago when my wife and I journeyed into downtown Nashville. We sold our home in East Nashville and moved into downtown Nashville. We thought we had an idea because we spent time in downtown Nashville, but we really had no idea at all. It was about four years ago in a connection right here um, with Chris and Ben, who we'd known for tons of years, that we began to grow relationally. I remember our first night, a Thanksgiving about four and a half years ago with the community group here. 
hanging out with Joey and his house in an array of community group, eating tons of great food, to which I surpassed and go there. Joey just had some golly geez ice cream for dessert, and we went right there at the start. That was kind of our first venture in, a venture where Pleasant View via 24 Church began to come alongside of us relationally in friendships and financially as well to help us to engage in the downtown area. For us, as we moved into downtown, we began to see downtown in a uniquely different way. We didn't completely understand it at that point in time. We have a little better understanding after four and a half years. Glimpse to downtown today. Downtown proper, which is cuts off at Jeff Street, where the National um, Sound Stadium is, all the way in is 17,000-plus people in that area. 17,000-plus people housed in approximately 70 multifamily residential communities, apartment communities, about 70. Could you imagine next week if you got the report there was going to be 70 new apartment communities in Pleasant View? There would be an uproar, wouldn't there? But that's downtown Nashville, 70 of those apartment multifamily communities in the downtown area. Median age, 38, which I am not. My wife would say she's younger or she's closer to 38 than I am, okay? But neither one of us are there. We live in an apartment community in the Gulch called Infinity Loss, where the average age is about 28, which we're not that as well. Unique thing about downtown is in a research done by a research group last year, we found out more about downtown. 75 cents, 75, not cents, 75 percent of the downtown area would say they do not have a personal relationship with Christ. In the Gulch where I live, it would be 78 percent would say they don't have a personal relationship with Christ. In the downtown area, a little over 80 percent are not engaged in a local church. In the Gulch where I live, about 85% are not engaged in a local church. So for us, we begin to learn more about Nashville's story and what Nashville is like. Through Barner Research last year, they said Nashville even has a 19% higher stress rate in it than cities across the country. So we live in a city of great transition where in downtown area, people live there from really one to four years that rent. People that are homeowners, of course, live there longer. So there's great transition, but there is great trouble at the same time. It's been unique for us to say we long to live the story of God in a downtown area that's primarily people that are not of faith, primarily of people that are not from the south, from an array of areas all over everywhere. I met somebody this morning, and I said, hey, where are you from? And she said, California, but I live here now. And my wife and I were kidding because in the downtown area, when we meet someone from California, normally we'll say this, hey, where are you from? And they'll look right at you and say, and they don't answer. And at that time, we know they're from California, okay? <laughs> and then they say, we're from California? And I always go, that's great! You're like the only person we know here, jokingly, because everybody's from California coming in. Whenever I was hanging out with a couple of pastors last week from Cookville, and they said, our growth there is people from the West Coast and from California. It's interesting to see where people come from and what their mindset is and what Nashville is like. We have worked over the last three and a half years with a group called Apartment Life. And in Apartment Life, we live in an apartment community. We engage missionally, and we do it in a few ways. We'll talk about that a little bit more. We throw two to three parties a month, and we welcome new residents that come in. It's the craziest thing. 
Nothing like people our age throwing parties for apartment communities. We had a pool party about a year ago. There was about 175 at the pool party. The DJ was rocking. We were just having a great time. And it's me and my wife there with everybody else, okay? Imagine it for a moment. It's exactly like you imagine, okay? <laughs> my daughter was there. I have two daughters from McKinnon's story. My youngest daughter was there. She's 21. She lives in New York. Her sister lives in New York as well. And one of the guys there, John Mark, looked at story in the eyes and said, what do you think about your parents throwing parties like this? And I said, John Mark, go ahead and ask it like you want to. And he said, what do you think about your old parents throwing parties like this? She said, we've kind of always done this. I love that response that she gave. See, for us, we want to continue to learn what Nashville's story is like. In one of those parties and events, one of my friends by the name of Mickey asked me, hey, Gary, why do you do what you do? And I said, we work for a group called Apartment Life. We're a faith-based nonprofit, all right? We come alongside apartment community to create belonging and community in hopes that we can live the story of Christ, to share the story of Christ, and engage in the lives of others. And Mickey said this to me. You said faith-based, right? And I said, right. He said, what faith? And I paused for a moment. And I was taken back a little bit. You see, I've grown up primarily in the South. So when I say faith-based, I, in my mind, think people think a Christian organization, Right? And I said, Mickey, did you notice I paused? And he said, you did pause. And I said, I, I had never been asked that before. And Mickey says this to me, Gary, there are hundreds of faiths. You know that, right? And I said, I do know that. When we think about downtown Nashville, 17,000 people, 75 to 80% that don't know Christ, 80 to 85% that aren't engaged to the local church, we're engaging with individuals that say phrases like, what faith? I have no idea. I have no understanding. I don't quietly see, quite see what's there. So for us, we've had to rearrange how we see downtown Nashville. There's a writer, St. Paul, who was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write a scripture. And he talks as well about how he sees specific places. If you have your Bibles, I'd love you to open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If you don't have a Bible, I know they've got Bibles all around the room. They'd love to give you one. And plus, we're going to put this on the screen as well. I want you to think about how I see downtown Nashville. Think about how you see Pleasant View, how you see your local school, your local neighborhood. Paul here is writing to individuals, and he's writing about how they see specific things. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16, this is what he says. He says, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. He's saying, I'm changing how I'm seeing things. And I'm reading from the NLT right here. He said, at one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. Let me read it one more time. Paul says, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. So I'm seeing people differently. I'm seeing People in a uniquely different way. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. Now we see him so differently. You see, when I look, I see Nashville's story. And then I see God's story. And Paul writes about God's story right here. That Christ's death, which paid for the sin for all humanity, which Paul gave his life to, drastically changed not only his story, but how he saw others. 
He saw others through the lens of the Father, so the lens of God, and he saw not based on the story of just that people group, but through the lens of God. See, Paul insists right there that we see every person from a totally different perspective. Here's what I'd love you to do this morning. Take a moment just to work your neck out a little bit and turn around the room and catch the eyes of two or three different people. I mean, turn all the way around. You might give a high nod. You might give a how's it going. You might give what's up, you know. I don't know how many single guys are in here this morning. Single guys are like, man, I've been trying to catch that girl's eyes all morning long. There you go. There's your chance, my man. See, for Paul, he began to see people uniquely different in a different way than we just looked at each other. He saw people not based on their outer, outer uh, appearance, not based on what job they worked or financially where they were. He was looking at individual based internally about where they were spiritually. While every person was valuable, while every person was worthwhile, their values, he saw them, wasn't in physical things or in worldly wealth. He didn't judge them based on their experience or on their appearance. He began to look at them through the eyes of Christ. Look at how he came to this understanding. He said, I even see Christ differently. You see, Paul was one of those ones that wanted to end the life of Christ. He wanted to end the life of the apostles, and he saw them from a human perspective. Before he gave his life to Christ, before conversion, he saw Jesus as a mere man that needed to be killed on the cross. He saw Jesus, one that spoke in heresy, and he needed to be punished for that. But after he surrendered his life to Christ, he began to see Christ as one who gave his life for him, who was the substitutionary atonement for his life. So with that, he began to see people in a uniquely different way. Paul didn't see people just as good or bad. He saw them in a different way. Johnny and I were in a downtown partnership resident party one evening, and there was a guy named Tom who, I don't know his title, maybe CEO of downtown partnership, walked by. And I said, hey, what's going on? And he said, not much. I said, hey, you always come over and talk to me. And he said, you don't complain about downtown so much. And I said, what do people complain about? He's like, Gary, I don't want to talk about that. And I said, seriously, what do they talk about? What do they complain about? You already know. Traffic, one, right? Cost of parking, two. It's a nightmare, isn't it? People throwing up on sidewalks, three. That's what he said. And so I said to Tom, Tom, how's your yard looking? He's like, man, it's great. My landscaping's tremendous right now, you know? That's where we went in that. See, you and I many times will see based on good and bad, and I totally understand that. Rather, Paul begins to see through God's eyes and God's story. That when he sees people, he sees people as either in a relationship with the Father or not in the relationship with the Father. Look at verse 17. Look at what it says. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Some translation says that if anyone is in Christ, meaning in Christ, that they have a faith in Christ, meaning you've surrendered your life to Christ. You believe that he's the Lord and Savior. You confess who he is, and you follow him. Your sins are forgiven. So you are in Christ. You have a new identity. And so 
once you're in Christ, you see in a uniquely different way people in this way. Either reconciled in a right relationship with God or not reconciled, not in a right relationship with God. So for my wife and I, we begin to look at Nashville's story and the people there. Then as we begin to look at God's story, it continued to rearrange how we saw our story in the midst of God's story. It changes everything. It changes how you and I interact in our high schools and middle schools. It changes how we interact with our neighbors, how we engage in Pleasant View. It changes how you engage in downtown Nashville. Now, there's still going to be parking issues. Afterwards, we have a little booth set up out here that gives a glimpse of all that we're doing and what we're engaged in. You might come, and I'm going to think, hey, you're trying to find out more. You might be saying, Gary, you live downtown Nashville? Yeah. Do like Chris Royalty one day. I got this text from Chris Royalty. It was like, hey, are you in the office today? Are you hanging out downtown? Yeah, I am. Hey, I'm eating lunch down there at Fifth and Broad. I said, you are? Man, I'd love to. He's like, well, I wasn't really asking you to eat. I was just wondering, can I get a parking place from you, man? <laughs> you might do like Chris Rowland. I'm like, bring it on in. You're going to owe me, though, baby. You're going to owe me, man. Verse 18. And all this is a gift of God, Paul writes, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to himself. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against him. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. And this is from God. And Paul says, this is what happened to me. This is what happened to my friends. He made us new in Christ. Verse 20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So for us, we see the national story. 75% don't have a relationship with God. 80 to 85% not connected with a local church, even though there's 800 churches in downtown Nashville or in the surrounding national area, not just in downtown. So what does that mean for us? How do we do that? I was reading this very passage about two years ago, and on this side of the room, a student, a middle schooler, I think, nothing against middle schoolers, but it was a middle schooler, he just sneezed real loud. Like I wasn't saying anything, like there was a break. It was this unbelievable sneeze where everyone in the auditorium looked that way. And I thought, do I keep going? Do I say, bless you like my mom did forever? What do I do? And everybody looked that way, and about five people in the room said, bless you. And I thought about this. There's a guy, Alan Hurst, that said this before COVID. He said, how do we see the area that we're living in the ways that God saw it? And how do we engage in that area? We sneeze the gospel. Now, during COVID, we, none of us would want to say that. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't even think that. But after COVID, I think, oh, I know what that means. We want to be people who live our lives present in the area in which God placed us. For us, we live present in downtown area. We have close relationships that those that know Christ, but more relationships with those that do not know Christ. 
We were at a party a few months ago, and there was an individual over on the right side of the room. The room was packed. I can't remember how many there that night. It was a big event, 60, 70 people, people eating, people hanging out. And I walked up to this individual. His name was Rob. And I said, Rob, how'd you find yourself here tonight? Now, Rob is a single guy. Think about the average age in our apartment community, 27, 28. And he said, hey, I hadn't been to a party and event before, and I just wanted to meet people. Guys in the room. When he said meet people, didn't really mean meet people, okay? He meant meet girls, all right? So I said, great to have you here, man. I hadn't seen you at an event before. He said, well, when events have been on this night, I haven't normally been here. And I said, why is that? He said, I'm taking dancing classes on Tuesday night. I'm like, really? What kind of dancing? He said, salsa dancing. I said, oh, are you a salsa dancer? No. So why is he at salsa dancing? Help me. Meet girls. That's right, to meet girls. I said, how's it going, salsa dancing, meeting girls? He said, not good. I said, what? why not? He said, well, I met this girl last week, gorgeous, man. I thought, this is a girl. We can go out some. And then she invited me to her church, man. He says that to me. He doesn't know me. He has no idea. And I just said, bummer, man. That's what I said, okay? He's like, I know. And then my mom found out about it. She's one of those. What he said, one of those. So she began to send me books. I'm like, what do you mean books? She sent me a book by a writer by the name of C.S. Lewis. I'm just listening. Another writer by the name of Tim Keller. Yeah. Another by the name of Dallas Willard. And I said, oh, those are some intense books. He said, are you one of those too? <laughs> I believe I am. He looked at me and said, okay. Last week I met a girl. My mom sent me books. And now I'm here at a party meeting you. Maybe God is trying to speak to me about something. What do you think he's doing? I'm at a party. But we're present in the downtown area. We're in close proximity with those that don't know Christ. For us, we would say we want to live as missionaries where we are. 24 gives us the ability to do that by helping come alongside relationally, by encouraging by speaking into us, by financially coming alongside of us. We would say through prayer and through graceful giving. Through that night tonight, that night, I said, hey, Rob, you read these books and I'll read these books and we'll engage more later. My friend that said, what faith is this? His name is Mickey, and Mickey's from the Philippines, and he just came here for a year visa to work in a local, apart, or a local hotel in a residency there to be about hospitality on an ongoing basis. We do have an array of friends from California, those from Miami, and those from the Northeast that we're able to do life in. And think this way. Our heart is to live as missionaries, to be an intense prayer that believe God is going to give us opportunities to live and share his story that as we see where he's working, as we engage with Rob, as we engage with Mickey, as we engage in the lives of people on an ongoing basis. It was one week, Johnny and I were practicing through our apologetics. I like to say it that way. Apologetics means reasoning for the faith. It feels like, yeah, that sounds a little crusty, doesn't it? Apologetics, reasoning for the faith. Dallas Willard says it this way. Apologetics is reasoning for the faith and ministering to others. 
We just think it through and talk it through how we minister to others. So Johnny went to an apartment community of a young lady in our apartment that we have presence this with, that we're living as missionaries along with, that we have proximity with, that we're planning the gospel, praying that God will give us an opportunity to share. And as Johnny's in her apartment, the young lady says, Johnny, what have you been doing all week? And Johnny said, I'm just learning more about how to reason for my faith and minister to others. And this girl says to my wife, hey, practice on me. This individual is not a faith. And so my wife practices on her. And she says, intriguing. That's not where I am. And that's not the faith that I long for. But really, that's the foundation of your life? Yes, it is. First, or excuse me, Romans 1, 6 says this, For I'm not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes the Jew first and also the Gentile. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says it this way. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. For us in downtown Nashville, we want to know the context in which we live. See God's story taking place. And then our stories to engage in that by being present with those that do not know the story of God. By being engaged in intense prayer, believing he's going to give us opportunities to plant the gospel through discovery groups. Discovery groups are Bible studies for those who are not of faith. They can weave through the things of God. Then to be engaged in discipleship. And that discipleship just takes them a tad deeper. And then into what we would call microchurch, smaller communities of faith, such as you know as your community group, that can flourish and thrive in a downtown area. It would be difficult for us to have an establishment like this in the downtown area, but we can have microchurches in the multifamily housing that's all over downtown Nashville. Carrie Newhoff said it this way, in an era of massive disruption, the mission continues. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Carrie Newhoff goes on to say, but the methods change. Nashville has a story. God has a story. What has shaped our story. I'd love you to continue to discover how you can be a part of our story. You have been for years. We're thankful that you come alongside us by encouraging us. We're thankful that you help us financially journey in a downtown area and that we're able to do that life together. I'm going to invite Chris to come on back up. Chris said he's got a question for me. I'm nervous about what that is. It might be about parking. I'm unsure. Chris, you know our story, and you know God's story. What's a question that you might ask us in the last few seconds? Well, you've thrown me under the bus once, so I can think of one thing I could throw you under the bus for. So oh, I could think of a lot. Let's go. Okay. Let's, go let's go all the way back. Uh, the basement at Inglewood Baptist, right? You came to see me, and you wouldn't hire me, right? Right? That's true, Chris. <laughs> I was a part of a student ministry adventure, and Chris led music that night, and he spoke that night, and we were hiring camp pastors, and the team decided Chris just didn't match up at that point in time. Yep, yeah. I've not matched up a lot. Okay. All right. So, it's, it's all good. 
Gary and I have been friends for a long time. I'm, I'm so thankful for Gary. Um, we were hanging out this week having lunch, uh, Ben and, and Gary and I. And uh, we were, after lunch, we already kind of talked about all this stuff, but then we were, we were outside and, and Gary was just sharing some stories. And, and Gary will do this when you get to spend some time with him about uh, people that they're ministering to, people in their apartment complex, people that they've become friends with, they've built real relationships with. And, um, you know, and, and all these things I think are important. I mean, we know we're supposed to build relationships with people. We know that we're supposed to be Christ to others and share the gospel and all those things. Um, we're not always good at it and you have to be intentional. And one of the things that I've always loved about Gary and Johnny is that they've been so intentional with that, that as they have been intentional with it, that it has not mattered who, what, where, why, what they look like, what occupation they have, um, you know, and, and he's, and he's just sharing the story and it's a story I've, I've heard some of before, uh, about, uh, uh, some folks that they've befriended and whatnot. And I said, and, and I said, Gary, I said, I'll be honest with you. Uh, and he's talking about inviting them over for dinner and whatnot. I said, I'll be honest with you. I said, I think probably most people, a lot of people, uh, I said, in our area where we live would be very cautious about inviting somebody like that over for dinner. I said, what would you say to that? And he said this. He said, I see people as either reconciled or not reconciled to Christ. Period. And I, I looked at Gary, I was like, that is the best answer for that. And I, and I was like, you should say that. So, well, he built a whole message on it, didn't you? I mean, you know, 2 Corinthians 5. Um, and so um, this morning, you know, I, I'm just, I, I, I want to say thank you for your faithfulness, uh, for both of you, for your faithfulness to, to, to the work that God has called you to do. Uh, I know it's not always been easy. I know that there's been bumps along the way. Uh, but man, the Lord has used you guys in the lives of so many people, uh, and I'm so grateful for that. Uh, and, and I want us to continue to come alongside of them. And, and I asked them, we asked them if they would, you know, set up a little table today, be ready to talk to people today, uh, that this kind of a new venture that they are on, this is a new venture that they're on, and they, they have got to raise uh, some support for that. I said, I think some of our people would probably feel led to come alongside. I said, what does that look like? And he said, you know, there's, I mean, you can just do a little bit a month or whatever. And he said, to be honest with you, Chris, we need more of the little bit a month type people to just come alongside of us. And even, even if it means just praying, but if you want to give $25 a month or whatever it is, and, and they can talk to you about all that. Uh, but uh, we believe in, in the work that they're doing uh, and are so grateful uh, for you guys and, and for, the, for the testimony that you have of just being Jesus to so many folks. I, I think, um, you know, for us, you know, we don't, you know, most of us aren't living downtown in an apartment community. Uh, and, and so the culture is a little different. But let me, let me just say this, too. The statistics aren't that much different. You know, the last time I saw the statistics of our area is like 80% unchurched. I mean, put that into play with the people that your kids play ball with, that you work with, whatever. God's putting you in the lives of people for a purpose, just as he's using Gary and Johnny 
in the lives of these people in these apartment communities for a purpose. He's calling all of us to do that. Um, Gary, what would you say, just a quick last thing, of how would you encourage someone uh, kind of praying through, you know, what does it look like for us to be missionaries right here, right now? Yeah, just, and, and as you say, seeing people these ways, we're growing in that, okay? Growing to see people in the ways that the Father sees it. No two parents, families, statistics hold true. One in ten Gen Zers, that's an average age of, let's say, 11 to 22 or 23, in this continual statistical norm, will be in a relationship with Christ. One in ten. So for you and I, we need to be engaged in extraordinary prayer wherever we are, engaged in extraordinary prayer. We need to be engaged in a relational way with people that we ask people questions, listen well, ascribe worth, and ask more questions. We'd love to chat with you more about that venture, but extraordinary prayer, graceful giving, not just through us, but giving in a way that God will allow us to engage in through 24, through your presence, through your finances, through your gifts, and then joining in that mission. I know Pleasant View is great. I mean, you got golly geez right down the road. You don't have to drive 30 minutes, and Joey knows we do that on a continual basis. And Joey's been a tremendous sponsor with cinnamon rolls and ice cream for parties that we do. But downtown Nashville is walkable. We'd love to have you living in our apartment community. And you don't have to be 27. You don't have to be 38. You can even join in that mission with us there or continue to join in that mission here. So I think that through prayer, through graceful giving, and joining in that mission wherever you are, Chris. Man, I, th- I, think, I think you said a key piece there, uh, combining that with the gospel, and that was the asking questions. I hear so many people say, I don't know what to say to somebody I don't know. Ask questions. You just keep, I found myself at a lunch with somebody on Friday that I didn't know. And, and you know, there, can, there were a couple moments where it's like, okay, we've got a little bit of a lull here. What are we going to do? You know, and, uh, and so then next thing I was like, ah, ask questions. So I started asking questions. Well, what are, you, what are you into? What do you do with your spare time? You know, what's, how much do you work? You know, I mean, you, you, just, you, you just keep making up questions. Eventually, they're going to talk. They're going to talk about what they're passionate about. And you listen. And you get to know them. And inevitably, you build a relationship. And through the relationship, you get to share Christ. Uh, and so, anyway. You say Christ right there. As you and I weave through the New Testament. Jesus asked questions, and he was a storyteller. He did communicate truth at different points in time. He did speak in the Sermon on the Mount. He taught at different times. But if you read through and see the number of questions that Jesus asked and then follow with another question, because he ascribed value and worth to humanity, he wanted to know where someone was. Not that he didn't know, but he wanted them to contemplate and think where they were. And so for us to grow in that way, to move people to a right relationship with God through Christ, and let that be the heart of what we're about, downtown Nashville and Pleasant View. We didn't say, what's the story of our country right now? We didn't say, what's the story of our world? Many of us would shake our heads. But in the midst of those stories, it's the story of God that longs to bring us into a relationship with him through Christ. That could be some of you here this morning. If you're not in a relationship with Christ, that God longs to bring you into that relationship. Or it could be this morning that you say, man, I, I long to continue to surrender to God's mission in the downtown area, Pleasant View area, wherever God has me. Chris. I'm praying for us as a church that we would be a people who are fighting against this day and age of living in social media where 
we become enemies of people because they don't look like us, they don't vote like us, whatever it may be. We're about to enter in one of those seasons. Let me just say, they are not our enemies. They are God's creation. And God has called us to love them and show them Christ. Um, I want to take a second and just pray for Gary and Johnny and the, and the ministry that he's, the mission that he has called them into. Um, and uh, if you are interested in knowing Jesus as your Savior and what it means to trust in Christ as your Savior, would love to talk with you. I'll be out in the foyer uh, after the message here and uh, would, love, would love to get to talk with you today. Let's pray together. God, I, I just uh, I lift up Gary and Johnny to you. We as a church, uh, to collectively together right now, lift them up and ask God that you would use them uh, to do great things for your kingdom. God, I pray that you would continue uh, to work through them and the work that they're doing, the, the ministry that they're doing through the meals, through the, uh, through the questions, through the hangouts, through whatever it may be, through just helping a neighbor, uh, whatever it is that, Lord, you're, you've got in front of them. God, I know that you have a plan for it, and God, I pray that you would, that you would not just do it, but that you would do great things, uh, Lord, for your kingdom through it. Thank you, Lord, for the relationship that we get to have for friends, Lord, uh, to come alongside. And uh, God, we just lift them up to you today. Bless them, bless their ministry, and, and God, provide for them. We ask all this today in your son's name. Amen.